Hello and welcome to Hotline Offline. I'm your host, Esther Choi. I'm a chef who's worked in numerous kitchens and currently running several of my own. And throughout it all, I've gotten a lot of practice at problem solving in the kitchen and answering burning questions. So here's the thing. I'm into savory foods. Of course, I enjoy sweets here and there, but salty, umami-rich foods really have my heart. So that's how you know when I say a dessert is incredible, you know it's incredible. And there's nobody better to talk about truly incredible desserts than my friend Caroline Schiff. Caroline is the executive pastry chef of Gage and Tolner, executive chef of Slow Up, and author of The Sweet Side of Sourdough. And the only thing better than looking at the beautiful pictures of her desserts on Instagram is being able to talk to her about them. So let's get into it. Caroline, it's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Oh my gosh, of course, of course. I mean, I was like, okay, sweet. Who can I talk to? And obviously (laughs) I was like, oh, I got to talk to Caroline. So Caroline and I met while shooting a documentary called Her Name is Chef, which you should go watch if you haven't watched it. She's a super talented pastry chef with the most fabulous hair. I mean, that's like the first thing that you notice about Caroline. It's like your beautiful hair and you make the most beautiful desserts. Oh, thank you. And that's what we're talking about today. All things sweet. I mean, dessert is the most important meal of the day. (laughs) I, I love that. I love that. I mean, you have the best job, really. I mean, you bake cakes, you make pastries, you eat pastries. What would you say your favorite dessert to make? That's a hard question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so I'm at the restaurant every day. I'm at Gage and Tolmart. I just love doing the baked Alaska. It's become like such an iconic dessert there. Um, it's a, it's really dramatic. It's like all these layers of ice cream and it's covered in meringue. Sounds difficult to make. <laughs> it's this, it's this big dramatic ridiculous thing. It's for two people. It's huge. I wouldn't say it's like difficult to make, but it's very time consuming. It's like a three-day process because like I make all the ice cream bases separately. They get churned and then they get layered and then they set overnight and then I portion them and then to order I make meringue and then it gets blowtorched and everything. I mean, it sounds beautiful and it can be any type of ice cream that you just layer. I mean, if you were doing it at home, yes. The flavors that I have are, um, I do like a amarena cherry dark chocolate, and then a fresh mint. So if I'm having people over for dinner, what are some desserts that I can make ahead of time that I don't like stress about? One of my favorite make-ahead desserts is like any kind of uh, roasted or braised or poached fruit that kind of just like simmers away in the oven and creates its own sauce. And um, you can serve it with ice cream or whipped cream, anything like that. It's just like really, really low maintenance, effortless. You don't need a recipe for it. This is a very underrated dessert, like poached fruit, right? Yeah. Like you don't see that. Like people don't make that. No. I feel. And it's, and this is really like something that I I recommend to people who are not bakers and are sort of like dessert is like the thing that like intimidates them a little bit. It reminds me a little bit more of like, savory cooking Mm -hmm. where it's like Mm -hmm. you can eyeball things you can eyeball things so like (laughs) eyeball in a bunch of wine like add some sugar throw in a cinnamon stick throw in some citrus zest that kind of thing so that's like one thing that I really love and then um the other thing about dessert is that 
like you're always making it a day ahead. Like you're mm-hmm. always because, you know, pastry and dessert, it's like you're not really making it to order. No. Like, and let's it, be real. Like yeah. a lot of it, like benefits from sitting overnight and mm. resting and that kind of thing. So even if you were making ice cream at home, like you would want to make it the day before. Right. Or at least like the morning of, you know, if you were doing like a simple ganache topped like cake or tort or something like that, that as well, you would want to like make ahead of time. So right. dessert is like the ultimate sort of like make ahead course. Okay. So I agree because obviously you're like making, you're not, you're not baking cake to order like when your friends are coming over. But how about this then? What if you want to whip up something last minute because you forgot about <laughs> dessert and you last minute have guests over and you need to like make dessert like really, really quick. What could that be? Well, that's where I would go for like a, a sort of poached or roasted mm-hmm. fruit. And then just even with a scoop of ice cream and it's so delicious. Right. And that could be cooked like pretty fast too. It can be cooked quickly. And also it doesn't need, you don't need to babysit it. So it can be just like your guests are over. You can be having your meal and you can just have it on the stove or in the oven or whatever. Okay. So desserts that you can whip up quickly and ahead of time. Poach fruit. I think that's a really good one. Also, it's like very low maintenance. Yeah. And what are some, what are some fruits that you can poach? Anything that's on the firm side. So apples are great. Pears. We love frozen fruit because it is frozen like peak season. So like frozen blueberries, uh, frozen pitted cherries, things like that. You could even just make like a quick compote and just like add some sugar, let it let it come up to a, a simmer. That's it. Spoon it over ice cream. So good. Love it. Love it. And I, I love fruit too. So that would be like a perfect dessert for me. Yeah. Uh, what is a compote, by the way? A compote is just a really a jammy fruit kind of sauce. It's pretty loose. It's usually just like fruit, sugar, cooked down. You know, maybe there's some vanilla in there. Okay. Here's a good question. I love making cookies, brownies, and cakes, but what are some ways to keep them all from going stale so I don't have to eat them all in one day? Such a good question. And I talk about this all the time. I don't know why people aren't freezing their cookie dough more. Any bakery or restaurant I've ever worked at, like, I mean, we freeze everything. Cookie dough especially freezes really well. So whatever your cookie dough is that you're making, and I've never met a cookie dough that doesn't freeze well. Whatever cookie it is that you're making, you know, once you've scooped it into, into balls or you form it into a log that you're going to like slice and bake from, just wrap that well and freeze it. And you can bake anything right from frozen. Really? Yeah. Like you could bake off two cookies and just have like fresh, warm cookies any day. So would you freeze them individually, like in balls or would you freeze like the whole like chunk. You definitely want to freeze it in portions. My freezer at home is very small. I'll freeze them on like like a small like quarter sheet tray. And then once they're solid, I'll just transfer them to like a plastic bag. That's it. And you just like directly from frozen, just throw them in the oven. Does the baking time change when you bake them from frozen? Not too much. It might take like another minute or two. The the texture sometimes changes a little bit. Like they might not spread as much. 
they're just like equally delicious. Delicious. Yeah. So people need to freeze more. Yeah. Cookie dough. People need to freeze cookie dough. You can also freeze like little logs of cookie dough and then just sort of let them thaw. How about like brownies and cakes? Like, do you freeze them after you bake them? Because you can't freeze the batter. Right. Baked brownies freeze beautifully. And I like to just sort of like individually, like once they're sliced, have half the batch now and half later, and you just wrap them up individually, freeze them, and then you just have delicious brownies whenever you want. Also, like, I don't know if this is just me. I really like a frozen brownie. Like, you, like eat it frozen? Yeah. Is that weird? No. I mean, I'm interested. Like, what? what is that? Is that kind of like almost like ice cream? Yeah. It's like a weird nostalgic thing. Like, because I don't know. To me, a brownie is like, it's so chewy. It's got so much sugar in it. It stays like almost a little chewy. And there's something like weird and nostalgic about it. I don't know. I love it. Um, what are some sweet desserts that are also savory? Like, I am not like a huge sweet person, right? Okay, we can work on it, Esther. Yeah, we'll we're, we're, we're going to work gonna on it. We're going to work on it. I really, I believe in you. It's not going to happen <laughs> overnight. You know, but I do love dessert that's a little bit savory at the same time. You know, the salty sweet that it's like one of my favorite combos ever. What are some like great desserts that kind of fit into that category? I love salt with my sweet. All of my desserts and all of my pastries at work, I'm always like very conscious of the salt in it. And I want it to be there because it enhances all the other flavors. I mean, it's the same idea as savory cooking. You know, salt brings everything out and it makes your mouth water and it makes you want to go back for more. So, and in terms of pastry, I think it's really important because it, um, it offers balance. Dark chocolate with like a little bit of sea salt in whatever way you you want to enjoy that, if it's like a, you know, flourless chocolate cake or like a really rich dark chocolate tort, things like that are not really sweet when you think about right. it. Can I ask you, are you adding the salt to the actual like mix or like the actual dessert or are you topping it? I always, when I create a recipe or if I'm in, you know, if I'm at work, you know, making big batches, like I'm always using a good amount of salt in whatever it is, the batter, the dough. But I'm also just the person that I'm the chef that's always finishing everything with like a little bit of flaky sea salt because it just makes it pop. Do you think that I can add salt to like any dessert recipe then? Let's say I'm making like the compote or like the poached fruit. Do you just like add salt with the sugar? It does sound odd. And I think like, especially with fruit, I do add a pinch of salt. If I'm doing like macerated strawberries um, in the summer when they're just like fresh and beautiful, macerated strawberries, it's just strawberries and sugar. I always add a pinch of salt. So like adding a pinch is okay. Just like maybe not go overboard though. Yeah. Salt a little goes a long way. It really does an incredible job. So in theory, you can add a pinch of salt to any dessert recipe. Yeah. If it doesn't call for it, it really should. Like if you have a a cookie recipe or a cake and there's no salt in there, you should be adding salt. Got it. I mean, a lot of dessert recipes don't have salt. That's so crazy to me. And I mean, I'm not talking about a lot. I'm talking about like half a teaspoon for a cake, you know, or a teaspoon, whatever, in a batch of cookies 
or finishing them with some sea salt. I always finish like my chocolate cookies with sea salt. I agree. And I love that. We'll be back with Caroline right after this. And we're back. What are some kitchen staples that I keep in my house so I can always be like dessert ready? Well, I mean, my pantry is insane. It's such chaos. And actually, (laughs) when I was like testing everything for my book, I had to have so many ingredients on hand because I was just baking all the time. So all-purpose flour, regular granulated sugar. And I also like to have dark brown sugar on hand at all times. Obviously, good butter you want to have on hand. Frozen fruit is like if you're not sure kind of like when you're gonna need to whip something up like frozen berries frozen cherries amazing so frozen fruit that's a good one I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't think about yeah you know when they think of like pantry they're not thinking about the freezer definitely and then chocolate I have this like giant I mean because like I'm weird but I have like a giant Cambro, like I have like an eight quart Cambro full of chocolate. Chocolate, always chocolate. Yeah. But like different varieties. Um, so, you know, I love to have a couple different kinds of dark chocolate on hand, some milk chocolate, cocoa powders, that kind of thing. How about extract? Do you, are you a big extract user? Um, I do use real vanilla extract. Actually at home, I make my own. Ooh. Because I can't really do it at work just because like we we go through so much of it. But making your own vanilla extract is so easy. What is the process? Because I feel like vanilla extract is one of those things where number one, it's very expensive. And it's so easy to make. And also like vanilla beans are very expensive. So the next time you buy a vanilla bean or two, obviously you scrape the seeds out and you put them in whatever it is you're making don't throw the pot away. It has so much flavor and it has so much to give. You take your spent vanilla pod and then just cover it in alcohol and let it sit. What kind of alcohol? So it'll work with a lot of different kinds. If you want something pretty neutral, just use plain vodka. But I really love it with bourbon Rye is also really nice because it's a little spicy. And so it kind of, I don't know, there's something really nice about it with the vanilla. Just let it sit for like a month and then it's vanilla extract. Such a great tip. I, I never thought about doing that. I mean, usually they say like, put it in your sugar and it's, you have vanilla sugar, but it's like, you know, you use vanilla extract a lot more. You do. And it's also the gift that keeps on giving. It's like any other, it's like a sourdough starter or anything like that, where you just, you can keep feeding it. And it'll just keep producing. So the next time you get a vanilla bean and you use it, you put it in there. If the alcohol is getting low, take a little extract out so you have what you need to bake with and then add more booze and let it sit again. I mean, my vanilla extract has been going for years. (laughs) That's amazing. So you can say that, oh, my aged vanilla extract is from 10 years ago. Exactly. I imagine it tastes really good. Yeah, it's amazing. Then I'll feed in like, you know, whatever, four vanilla beans, let it sit. And then I can portion it out and give it as gifts and stuff like that. I love that. It is kind of like the sourdough starter where it's like, yeah, you know, so special and it came from you and you had it for many, many years. And then um, it's such a sentimental, beautiful gift. Yeah, yeah. You can give. Totally. Here's a question. 
I love the idea of having fresh whipped cream when I invite people over for dinner, but hate having to leave the table, get an arm workout, then come back with a dessert looking like I just came from the gym. Hilarious question, by the way. Yeah. Uh, can I make whipped cream in advance? You can. So um, whipped cream will actually stay whipped for longer than people think. It'll definitely hold for a few hours as long as it's in the fridge and cold. The other thing is um, powdered sugar helps to stabilize it a bit because it does have some cornstarch in it. So even if you don't want your whipped cream that sweet, even just like a tablespoon of powdered sugar in there is going to help stabilize it a little bit. Okay. So I recommend that. And then the other thing is an immersion blender makes amazing whipped cream. Really? Like a hand blender? A hand blender. So you could make it like right before you put dessert out and you, you just stand there. It's like super thick and luxurious. It's, it's actually one of my favorite ways to make whipped cream. So make sure your cream is cold, put it in the core container. And then if you do want to add powdered sugar or a little bit of honey or maple syrup or anything like that, add that in and then just buzz it. And why would you want to whip cream by hand? I mean, it's just like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they said like the arm workout thing. And it's just like, it's not worth doing that. So does that mean it works in like a, an actual blender too then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Caroline, this is an amazing conversation. I learned so many tips. If our listeners want to come eat your dessert, where can they find you? Come to Gage and Tolner, downtown Brooklyn. Um, I'm always there. How about our listeners that cannot make it to Brooklyn? Where can they find you? Um, I have a book. My book came out in November and it's called The Sweet Side of Sourdough. And it is all the sweet things you can make with your sourdough starter. Congratulations, by the way. And I love the book name. It's so cute. Oh, thank you so much. I have to get you a copy. Yes. And I'll give you some sourdough starter too. (gasps) Oh my gosh. The reason why I wrote it and it was sort of like an accident was that in the beginning of the pandemic, we're all making sourdough and baking bread. And then I kind of like overdosed on bread. Like I was just like, it was like bread every day. And also you have the discard and it kills me to throw out half of the starter every day. Like I, you know, totally kills me. So I came up with all of these recipes that you can use the discard in. So chocolate chip cookies and cakes and pie crust and all that. I love that. So it's all in the book. (laughs) Yay. Okay. I'm going to come visit you. Caroline, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. All things sweet. I now have to do like all these things. I'm just like getting inspired by everyone I talk to. This is great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Caroline for stopping by to talk to us about all things dessert. And thanks to all the people who wrote in the questions. If you have any more questions that you're dying to know the answer to, remember to leave me a message at 518-291-9877. Hotline Offline is a Food 52 podcast and is produced by Coral Lee and Harry Sultan. Remember to follow so no questions go unanswered and no answer goes unheard. Bye. Bye.